few may win, for many are called, but few are chosen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we are continuing our sermon series on the four areas to focus on to win the race of Lent. The four Lenten cornerstones for our spiritual edifice of holiness. The Epistle and Gospel of today's Holy Mass provide us with the necessary text for which we will address the first and most important areas of the spiritual life, the love of God. In his first epistle to the Corinthians, St. Paul says that if we speak with tongues, that if we prophesy, we even know all the mysteries of faith, distribute all our goods for the poor, and deliver even our bodies as martyrs. But if we do not possess charity, it profits us nothing. Charity is patient, it rejoices in the truth, endures and hopes all things, and because charity is the friendship of God, it is the only theological virtue that remains in heaven. Thus, love is the most important of all the moral and theological virtues. Then in today's Gospel, our Lord says to the Twelve, Behold, we ascend up to Jerusalem, and all the things shall be accomplished which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. We are now in the heart of our Lord's earthly mission to go to Jerusalem and lovingly lay down his life for us. But, alas, how often we are like the apostles who fail to see, understand, and do the will of God. We read in the following verses, And they understood none of these things, and the word was hid from them, and they understood not the things that were said. And so our prayer today, as we treat of this first and most important cornerstone of our spiritual exercise of this Lent, is from the end of today's Gospel, so that we repeat the prayer of the blind man in Jericho, Lord, that I may see. Like the blind man, we too were born blind, born in original sin and without sanctifying grace. We were blind to the ways of God. As Jericho is right beside the River Jordan, where our Lord instituted the sacrament of baptism, now as he ascends to Jerusalem, he shows that his baptism opens our eyes so that we too can follow him to the heavenly Jerusalem. If we are to properly treat of this first cornerstone, Returning to the basics, to our foundation, we must begin by defining what is the true essence and meaning of charity. For this we turn to our beloved St. Thomas Aquinas. He defines charity or the love of God as the friendship of man for God. This friendship isn't utilitarian, in which we want God because he is good to us. Neither is it simply well-wishing, in which we wish God well, but it is a communication of love. God gives us his happiness and places his love in our soul first in baptism. 
Our will is then helped by this gift from God and the soul to love Him in return, still free, in which now we can love God for His own sake. This movement of the will, this friendship of God in which we love Him for His own sake, we call charity. Friendship consists in doing good and sharing good with the beloved. The greatest good that we can do for God is with loving prayer. The greatest prayer is the Holy Mass, in which Jesus Christ, true God and true man, is offered lovingly to the Father as the perfect sacrifice of love. Thus the Mass is the greatest gift of love that we can show God on earth. Therefore, as the love of God is the most important cornerstone of our Lenten spirituality, attending and praying at Mass as frequently as possible is the best possible Lenten practice that we can do. Now why do we love God? We can only love something insofar as we perceive it as good. Now God is the author of all goodness, and thus He is the most worthy of our love. Creation and created things are only but a pale shadow of the infinite goodness of their Maker. We read in the book of St. James, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Secondly, we love God because of His abundant love in which He creates goodness and He loves each of us and wills our salvation. He created us by love, He redeemed us by love, and He wants us to be with Him and His love forever. All God has done for us can be summed up through love. St. John tells us in his epistle, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who believe in Him may not perish, but have life everlasting. And thirdly, we love God because He wants our love. He created us free so that we could freely choose Him to know and to love Him. And it was because He wants our love that He said, This is the greatest of the commandments. But why is the love of God our number one and most important cornerstone for our Lenten exercises? First, our Lord said all the law depends on two commandments. First, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, with thy whole soul, with thy whole mind, and with thy whole strength. This is the first commandment, he said in the Gospel of St. Mark. This cornerstone is the first because Jesus says so explicitly. And the second great commandment we will treat in the next week's sermon. Also, this first great commandment is the greatest because it includes all the others. Love determines everything we do. Because of free will, what we choose to do in one way or another, we love. We choose to do and to follow what we perceive as good. If we love God, we will not have strange gods before Him. We will keep holy His name. We will keep holy the Sabbath. In short, if we love God, we will do nothing to offend Him. And in addition, not only will we avoid offending Him if we love Him, but we will also do all that pleases Him, even if it is not required. 
God does not command us to go to Mass every day, but if we do so, He is pleased by this mark of love. If we truly love God more than ourselves and anything else, our deeds will follow not only what He requires, as in His commandments, but we will even do what He counsels, and we will do what we know pleases Him and leads to a greater union with Him. Now, how should we show our love of God? God wants our whole love, and He wants to love Him above all things for His own sake, because He is the highest good and the most worthy of our love. Our love is only perfect when we would prefer to lose all our goods rather than to offend Him, when we would prefer to lose our money, our friends, or even our life, rather than to offend Him by sin. If not, we do not love Him perfectly because we value those things as more dear to us than Him. Now, Scripture says in the book of Exodus, I am the Lord thy God, mighty and jealous. He wants all of our love. And our Lord says in the Gospels, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. How do we continue to grow in this love of God? Practice makes perfect. If you want to be a fast sprinter to win the race, you must start from the beginning, and you must practice, and you must train. It sounds cliche, but it is true. If we want to increase in the love of God, we must begin by loving Him. Love is a virtue that perfects our will, and like all virtues, it must be practiced. The love of God is first placed in our hearts by baptism, and we must cooperate with any further actual grace to augment and strengthen that love. Though the love of God in little children is often imperfect, it is yet a start. In the beginning, little children love God because parents say that He gives gifts and rewards in heaven if we're good, or evil punishments in hell if we're bad. Though this love is still imperfect, it is a start from which we can develop and grow to perfect love of God later on. Also, to increase in charity, we ought to approach Holy Communion as the sacrament of divine love. We ought to be thankful that we too here at the Oratory have been allowed to receive Holy Communion on the tongue, out of respect for our Lord truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. As our Lord said, Amen, I say to you, unless you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, he is the greater in the kingdom of heaven. Just as a little child is lovingly fed directly from the hands of their father or mother, in a similar way, when we receive Holy Communion on the tongue kneeling, we humble ourselves to be fed directly from the priest who is our spiritual father, who feeds us directly from the hearts of Christ. How should we show our love of God? We often hear the expression, I am spiritual, but not religious, to which we can reply, so is the devil. We prove our love of God by obedience to his commandments 
and more perfectly by following his counsels. Love must be incarnated and lived out. As St. Thomas Aquinas defends charity as the friendship of man for God, that friendship with God is already lived out here on earth by our friendship and our obedience to his commandments. Now prayer is the greatest gift of love of God that we can show him here, and Mass is the greatest prayer. The Mass is the greatest act of love of God because we offer to God what is the most precious, namely his divine Son. And here as well, we see how good God is. When we do the greatest act of love for God in the Mass, he still blesses us with his grace and merits in return for his love. God will never be outdone in love because God is love. His love is the reward. Though the Mass is the greatest act of love of God, and Lent we can do still many other practices to increase in charity. First, by prayer, we adore, propitiate, thank, and petition God. And as charity seeks to be generous, if we love God, we will be generous with our time and prayer. Prayer is the conversation of friends. After Mass, praying the Divine Office in Lent, which is the second most powerful prayer of the Church, we can further our friendship of God by praying His divinely inspired Word. We can also pray the Rosary. In Lent, we ought to prayerfully meditate upon the text of Holy Mass, and particularly on the text of the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of our Lord. We can also pray the Stations of the Cross. We also now have many hours of Eucharistic adoration built into our weekly schedule here at the Oratory, in which we can pray heart to heart and in front of our Lord sacramentally present. Particularly in this year of St. Joseph, we will also have extra devotions to give him every Wednesday in the 19th of the month as we pray to him for his powerful intercession to help us to draw closer to the divine child in his arms. Also, to grow in the love of God, we ought to remove sin. And thus, I cannot recommend enough frequent confession, meaning monthly confession. You will never hear a priest of the Institute say to anyone, you are coming to confession too often, get out of my line. The great saints went frequently. The more you strive to love someone, the sorrier you are when you hurt them. Confession is the sacrament of God's mercy, and without frequent confession, no one can be humble. And do not say to yourselves, oh, other people need it too, and I don't want to take up their time, because that is the devil simply trying to keep you away. Confession is a wonderful sacrament of God's mercy, where we grow in grace and the love of God, because we are again made to see just how blind sin had made us, and how much joy comes from forgiveness. Today we pray with the blind man, Lord, that I may see. Lord, that I may see your merciful love, in healing me from my sins. 
Run the race that you may win, for many are called, but few are chosen. My dear faithful, as our Lord passes by, we too cry with the blind man of Jericho, Lord, that I may see. Lord, that I may see and love you. As the love of God was placed in our hearts at baptism, and our eyes were opened in the friendship of God, let us return His love because He is infinitely good and most worthy of our love, and because His love sent His Son to die for us and unite us in His friendship. This Lent, let us take the practical steps needed to develop and deepen the love of God so that we will win the race of Lent and be chosen with his friends to enter the heavenly Jerusalem and see God face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.